You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast. Enjoy the message. You know, the scripture says that we, when our speech and the things that we say ought to be seasoned with salt. There's a way to communicate truth in love. Amen. And we never have a right to get caught up in what's going on in the world and just think that we can just spew our opinions. We have to have more self-control than that, people, if we're going to be the light of the world. And we have to have wisdom. Amen. We have to have wisdom when to speak and when not to speak. Hallelujah. When to speak and when not to speak. Hallelujah. I trust in my Lord. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on. And I know that wherever I go, he's with me. And as long as I am speaking his word and loving people, then no weapon formed against me or the church or you will prosper. Amen. Do you know in the midst of darkest hours in the scripture, time after time after time, it didn't matter what his people came against, God's kingdom still advanced in the earth. That's why we're here today. Because nothing could stop it. Nothing can stop the truth of God's word that's alive in the heart of mankind. Nothing. Hallelujah. So we can be at perfect peace and rest and let that guard our hearts and our minds. No matter what's happening, we just can be at perfect peace and love people love God, demonstrate his power. Amen. Demonstrate his truth. Because I don't know about you, but everything I've ever seen in scripture, now that I've been reading the Bible for 30 years, every day of my life, um, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. You know, I've never seen uh, in his scripture where uh, things of this world Um, prevailed against his church or his plans. Amen. And his people always, just as pastor says, they can be thrown in the fire and come out not even smelling like smoke. That's the type of person that I want to be. That no matter what's going on in my life, you have no clue because I'm going to smile. I'm going to actually come out smelling like roses. When I'm in the fire, my scent's going to be roses. It's going to be some type of flower, because I love flowers, right? So I even got some flowers on tonight. Isn't that something? God just knew I needed this shirt. Uh, So, obviously, Pastor Earl, for those that were here Sunday, he did mention that he got a call to go once again fill in for COVID relief uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, The men's conference is happening right now. Call to arms with Kenneth E. Hagan and Rama's ministry there. And... um, One of the speakers weren't able to make it because of COVID. He tested positive for COVID, but he's showing no symptoms or signs. But he felt it best to go ahead and, 
you know, do the precautions. Um, and so they called pastor to see if he would fill in for that slot that that gentleman was supposed to speak. And so he did because him and Pastor Mike were planning to go anyway. Um, and so be praying for them. They're there. He's landed. Uh, the conference starts tomorrow evening. And so be praying for him that, you know, I believe it's for such a time as this that, uh, you know, no matter what's going on, we can be instant in season and out. And he'll have a word from the Lord for them and a divine appointment. Amen. I believe in those uh, things, divine appointments, divine impartation uh, for seasons. Amen. And so uh, pastor had already asked me if I would speak on Wednesday nights in November. And, um, and so, of course, I was said, yes, it's been, I feel like it's been so long since I've ministered uh, here at our house, amen, at our home and our church. And so um, I knew exactly what um, I felt we needed to minister on. And I actually kind of started this um, topic, um, and it's nothing new you haven't heard, but I just believe that we need to be reminded of some scripture, amen, and some things because, uh, you know, there's been a lot that's going on uh, in the world right now this whole year, and a lot of things have been taking place, and, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of situations and everything going on that... Uh, you know, the Lord reminded me of a couple of scriptures, and I even began to minister at the RMAI meetings uh, to the pastors that we get to speak at over in Washington and Oregon when we went. Uh, I was able to speak and uh, shared with the ministers there a word, and this was it. And then also, uh, when we were here for our regional just last week, um, that we had those group of ministers in. I also spoke this as well. And I think it's important uh, just because, you know, Scripture uh, is there for us to live our life by. And everything, there is nothing new under the sun from generation to generation. And that every word that is spoken is relevant for today. Every word that is spoken in his scripture is relevant for today, and it will be for tomorrow, and it will be for next year, and it will be for the next year. Amen. And what's so awesome about that is this, if you've actually built your life upon the word of God, then there's some things we can be assured of that uh, in the midst of things going on and the pandemic and the situations that you've seen taking place, that we don't have to be moved by that that because we have built our life upon the truth of God's word. We've built our life upon the truth of God's word. We are not moved by what media says, what news says, what grandmama says, what, uh, you know, auntie says or auntie says. We're not moved by uh, their opinions and those types of things. Our lives, the final authority and for our belief in him should be the scripture. 
and the fact that he says, listen, there is nothing new under the sun. Do you know they had pandemics with the children of Israel? Do you remember when they were in the wilderness and they were getting bitten by the snakes? Wouldn't you call that pretty horrifying? But, but God had an answer, didn't he? He said, I am your healer, right? And he said, now you take this staff and hold it up. And that's where we know the medical hospitals with the, you know, the pole and the snake and all that. I haven't looked at that in a long time. So, but you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that represented his healing power. And when they held it up, the snakes wouldn't, right? So, you know, there's nothing new under the sun with things that we see going on, you know, nations falling, chaos happening, wars, uh, you know, all these things. And when you realize that and you see in Scripture and it and you realize that this scripture is the thing that actually has kept you, uh, you know, sane in the midst of these things, then you are so thankful that you don't have to be moved by any of it, no matter what comes, right? I mean, we saw economic collapse in scripture, didn't we? Right? When uh, there was a famine in the land, that would be economic collapse, right? And then he gave Joseph a plan, right? So there's all kinds of things that we see in history that is a biblical account that we ought to be looking at more so than anything else that's going on in the world or on TV, we ought to be seeing, okay, how did God respond in every one of these situations? And do you know he'll show you? That's why the scripture says you can know his ways. You can know his thoughts. All his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. They may be higher than our thoughts, and thank God he thinks higher than mere man. But we can know his thoughts by seeing the way he operated from generation to generation. So therefore, we can see how he navigates uh, and wants his children to navigate in the earth. Amen. And so that ought to be comforting to you. Do you know when it's not comforting to you? Is when you aren't really a studier or a person that has actually taken the word of God and fed on it because it's not been your daily bread. Therefore, fear, anxiety, uh, different things can go on in your life because you've not settled the fact that his word is all I need to build my life upon. And when the winds come and the, it blows and, you know, my house is not going to fall. It's not going to crumble, right? Because I've built it on the rock. So uh, I shared out of this scripture... Um, of course, out of First uh, Timothy 3, verse 15, it says this, But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the household of God. Oh, there's so many ways I could go. And you know, I, I love 
to just go all over the place. But we're, but I believe I'm going to have exactly what each and every one of us need. Amen. Uh, it says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of what? Truth. So the church, the house of God, which is what you're sitting in right now, we know that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost and, you know, he doesn't dwell in a house, but he calls his church still the house of God, right? And uh, he said with the church, we are to be a pillar and a support of truth. And if there's ever a day and an hour where truth must be spoken, it is today. Because the title of my message is Lies, Lies, and More Lies. Lies, Lies, and More Lies. We are seeing the result and the evidence of what Scripture says uh, is happening in the world. And uh, I'm going to read several scriptures of you. I feel like the church has forgotten who the God of this world is. Because I believe the church hasn't continued to speak about that there is a real devil. And he really wants to destroy your life. Amen. And he wants to destroy everything, every work of God. Every work of God. What does that mean? He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy what people are doing in, around the world, preaching the gospel. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your children's life. You're a work of God. You were created in Christ, right? You're, he is, you are his workmanship, the scripture says in Ephesians. He wants to destroy the work of God in your life, in your children's lives, in your children's children's lives. He is nothing but a destroyer. Amen. And the church has quit talking about it. Come on that he still has power today and he is still in operation today. This church hasn't stopped, but many churches have. People still think that the devil has pitchforks and wears a red suit on Halloween. You know, it's, 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 it's a must that we teach our children truth from generation to generation. And there are truths in his word that should not be uh, forsaken. Meaning it should all, the full counsel of God should be uh, being taught on every level uh, throughout every generation. Because we have new believers in here. You have babies in here and they may not understand that, that Satan is still the God of this world. Even though Jesus stripped and whipped him of his power, but that's only towards a believer. He still is operating in the sons of disobedience, which are people that have not made him Lord. So he's still at work. He's still at work. Amen. 
And he's working double time, triple time, because he knows his time is short. And it's very evident, if you've read and been a student of the word, that it's very evident that time is ticking away. Time is ticking away. So we see that the church's role was to be a pillar and a support of truth. And what has happened is, is that the church made their number one goal uh, was that uh, their mission was, is that people should be born again, that Jesus is the only way and that they should be born again. And we, we deduce the gospel to that and that alone, instead of recognizing the church's number one goal or number one purpose was to be a support and pillar of truth. And the byproduct of the truth of God's word is what? You must be born again. See, when you make it opposite of what the purpose of the church was, and then we also know that another uh, purpose of the church in Ephesians is to what? Equip the saints. What is the church equipping the saints for? So that they could go out into the world, be equipped to know how to bring reconciliation to all mankind. Every one of us ought to be able to go to Walmart tonight, speak with someone in the aisle, and know how to lead them to a place of reconciliation with God. Every single one of us have that responsibility. It's not just ours. Right? And not only that, every one of us ought to be able to go and speak the truth into someone's life. Because you know the truth. Why is that so important that the church was ultimately to be the pillar and the support of truth? Because we know the scripture says in John 4, I believe it is, I have it wrote down in here somewhere, or John 8, 32, it says this, and you'll know the what? The truth, and it will what? This translation says it'll make you free. You'll know the truth. Well, how are you going to know the truth if the truth is not being upheld by the church? When people now are changing laws of the truth that has been from generation to generation. So it was our responsibility to uphold the truth of God's word. So that we could be assured that when you hear the truth, it's going to make you free. And my tag on that is it and it's only the truth that will keep you free. Because if we don't stay in this truth, we're going to see how all kinds of other thoughts, beliefs, philosophies, and doctrines can come into your life and you can grab hold of it and change what, what you used to believe. Amen. And that's why it's so important that we recognize the purpose of the church was to be that pillar and that support of truth. And what does that mean, pillar and support? It means to uphold the truth. Are we in a position that if someone was to speak, we would be able to bring truth to the situation and uphold the word of God, the truth of God's word? 
right? Or it means to prop it up. Are we propping up the truth of God's word in our lives and keeping it as the thing that is supporting our beliefs? Supporting our beliefs. Amen. Because many people, I hear all kinds of beliefs. I hear beliefs like, well, you don't know what they've done to me. You know, I've already forgave them and I don't know that I can forgive them again. Well, that's not what scripture says. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a support of the truth. And the truth of God's word says, how many times are you to forgive your brother? Oh, 70 times what? And not only are we commanded to forgive, we're commanded to what? Love. It's a command. It's not a request. And it's not a suggestion. It's a command that we are to walk in love. How's the world going to know we're his disciples? Because of the love for the what? The brethren. Because of the love for the brethren. Amen. So these are the things we're talking about. Is your life so firmly built upon these truths that your thinking, your beliefs, your behaviors, your actions actually are being upheld and supported by the truth of God's word? Every day, everyday life, right? Everyday life. Because he told us we're to live by what? We're to live by faith. And we're to walk by what? Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? So we have a responsibility that we are to walk by truth. We're to walk by the Spirit. We're to walk uh, out this faith. It is to be, we are to be a living epistle for all men to read, the scripture says. So when people see you, hear you, and watch you, can they read the truth in your life? Because you don't compromise. You don't back, it, back away. You don't shrink back from the truth of God's word. They ought to be able to see that in your life. Amen. They ought to be able to see it because it's the only thing, that truth of God's word that's going to set people free. Not compromise, not appeasing, not accepting, but lovingly speaking the truth in love, right? Right. That's what's going to set people free, the truth. Because when the truth can get on it, then the lies can be exposed. The light can come on. But if you want to just be their best friend and not hurt their feelings, then guess what? The light's not going to come on in their situation because you're not speaking the truth for it to be what? Revealed. For it to expose. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we recognize how important it was for the church to be that support and pillar of truth. John 14, 6. I really wanted to start this lesson for the rest of the month off with these two scriptures. So these are going to be our foundational scriptures. Uh, so, you know, I like to do reviews when we come back on Wednesday, but John 14, 6 says this, we've got good news. 
And we, we are the hope of the world, guys. We ought to have a smile on our face. We ought to be excited about the days to come. We were built for this. We were actually made for this. We were equipped by this. Those that have been here especially and have partnered, you've been equipped for this hour and this day. We ought to not be losing heart, shrinking back, fearing, anxious, wondering how we're gonna go from day to day. We should not be allowing drama to rule our lives, unforgiveness to rule our lives. Come on, any situation, my God can restore. My God can make new. Come on, there is nothing that God cannot do if we would just live upon his truth and apply it to our life. Hallelujah. So John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way. Lots of people tried to tell you that there's other ways. He said, I am the way, I am the road, I am the path, right? I'm the road, I'm the only way to the Father. He said, I'm that way. And then he goes on to say, and the what? The truth. I'm the truth. In the midst of all the lies, in the midst of all the voices, I'm the truth. What does my word say? I'm the truth in the midst of it. I'm the truth. And then he goes on to say, and I am the what? The life. I'm the life. I'm the life giver. I'm the one that brings a supply and a source. Huh, come on. I am Zoe. I am Zoe to your life. I mean, and we know the scripture says that in John 10, 10, that the devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I have come to bring what? Life and life more abundantly, a full supply of whatever you need. Life in every situation. Are you living the good life? Because that's what he said we could have. And the number one goal of the devil is to destroy. Come on, to kill you, to kill your seed, to destroy your mind, to destroy your body. You know, I mean, I have been so moved with compassion when I ride through our city and I see these people on the side of the roads or when I look on the news and I see all these people that look like they're strung out on meth. I mean, and, and see them curled up as drunkards in the, in the gutters. I mean, it's so moving me to think, my God, he never expected his man to be that depraved. It's the depravity of man's mind. And he never wanted us to be that way. But the enemy, he comes to steal. He comes to steal and destroy and kill you. He does not want you to be in the glory and the image of the almighty God. Oh, man, it's just been on me so much that I've been praying, God, give us a heart. Give us a heart to see these people. They're depraved in their minds. It's just the depravity of man. The sin nature. 
Move your people to get up and be the light, be the love to the world. What great things you've done for us, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, time is ticking away and the clock is running out and there's people that are depraved, wicked, the things they sing, the things they say. Listen to what your kids are listening to, people. Do not be deceived. You ought to hear the vulgar, foul things that these teenagers and these kids, number one top-selling record, oh, vow, I mean, I want to vomit. Don't be deceived. He's trying to get your seed deprived and depraved in their mind. With the things that they have at the touch of their hand and are doing to little kids because they see it act out every day right in front of their face. I'm telling you, we got to wake up. We got to wake up to see what's going on really in our world. Because I do believe we're living in the last of the last days. And we got a lot of work to do because the church, unfortunately, is asleep. It's asleep. You've been numb or what we would call being caught up in the things of this world. Caught up in the things of this world that you don't recognize what's going on around you. Why do I say that? Because he's the father of lies. And if you don't know the word, you'll buy the lie. You will buy, you will absolutely buy the lies of the enemy. Because we know he's been lying since the beginning. And he made it look good. We know that the enemy comes as a what? An angel of light. He makes everything look good so that you can try to take a bite and get hold of it so that he can have access to your life. Even believers' lives. All right? So he says, let's read a couple of, let's remind ourselves. It says in John 8, 44, it says, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. I don't know why it's so tight in here. See, you start talking about the devil and, 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 and people need to wake up to the reality of what's really happening in the world and it gets all locked up. Like y'all forgot he is on the prowl. Come on, don't get locked up. You've forgotten. It says you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and uh, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he 
from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's a liar. He's been a liar since the beginning when he told Eve, uh, you know, from the very beginning, if you would just uh, eat of the fruit, you'll have the knowledge of God. And what did he do? He twisted the truth. He twisted God's word and it became a lie. She took hold of it. And from there we know, we see the depravity of man and the nature that it produces because of that one bite. Right? So we can't forget this, guys. He's still operating in the sons of disobedience, those that are his children. There are not just good people in the world. If they are not born again, they're not good. No, not good. There's no good in them. They're evil. And we wonder why lies and things are happening uh, in media and in a political realm. Listen, if people are not born again, they are listening to the lies of the enemy. And he only has one goal. And that is to continue to lie, to kill, to steal from your life, to steal from humanity, to destroy. How, I mean, wouldn't you think the enemy would want to destroy this nation? The only nation that made a decision that it was going to be founded on the principles of God. Have we forgotten that? That it's him at work. He wants to destroy this nation because it was from the beginning representation of God. He wants to destroy it. And he'll work through whoever he can because they're not born again. That's what the scripture says. It's what the scripture says. I don't care who says they're a nice guy. No matter who is a nice woman, if they're not born again, they can yield to the lies of the devil and be used by him. Be used by him. Establish laws for him. Murder babies for him. First John 5:18 through 20 says, "We know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who uh, was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and that the whole world, say the whole world, we've forgotten this. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world and its uh, systems lies in the power of the evil one. So he's at work in whatever entrance he can get into whoever he can get into. Through philosophy, through thinking, through every bit of it. Okay? 
And he goes on to say, um, he says this in verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. So don't say, I don't understand what's going on if you're a child of God. If you don't understand what's going on, then you don't know the scripture. I don't understand. I don't. Have you heard that? I've heard it a lot lately. Okay? Don't say you don't understand. Say, Lord, I know you know all things. And there's something I don't get here. So let me go search the scripture and see if I can find out. And you can give me wisdom. You can give me knowledge. And you can give me understanding. The scripture says that. Amen? So he goes on to say, I want to go back up to verse 9 because I forgot to put this little tag. The Amplified says in verse 19, it says, We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And then the Amplified says it this way, opposing God and his precepts. So the whole world is under the power of the enemy that is opposing God and his precepts. It's in opposition. Right? And then he goes on to say, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. You ought, If you're a child of God and you got born again, you ought to never ask the question, well, is, the, is he really God? I mean, they're saying that I could, you know, maybe be enlightened a little bit more. Have you heard that? You ought to know. No, I know. The truth has set me free. I know that he's the living God. I know who he is. Come on. I know I belong to him. Don't let the enemy talk you out. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. 2 Corinthians says this, 4-4, in whose case the God of this world, what has he done? He's blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. We know that all man, right, has a veil. They're blinded over their eyes and it's only the truth of God's word and the light of God's word that can reveal who Christ is so that the blinders can be removed so that we can see him because the whole world is blinded Revelations 12 9 says this and the great dragon was thrown down the serpent of old, who is called the devil, Satan, who deceives the whole world. He deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him, talking about being thrown in the pit. So remember, us that are born again, don't forget 
There's still a devil out there. He's the God of this world. He has blinded the eyes of unbelievers, right? Those that don't know him. And we must be people that uphold truth in the midst of uh, a world that is only perpetuating lies because they're all coming from the God of this world. His thinking, his systems, his philosophies. And we know there's three of those philosophies that he pushes, right? The lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the what? Lust of the flesh. So the number one artist today, why don't you go listen to them and see what's being perpetuated out of their mouth and tell me who that's coming from. This is the reality, guys. He's still influencing the sons of disobedience, those that have not made Jesus their Lord. And the enemy will come and work in any individual that is not born again that will yield to this seduction of lust, pride, come on, and the flesh. All the worldly systems and desires. And that's how he operates and propagates all of his things that he wants people to get called up into. But what is so awesome about this is that we know we've come to the light. And we ought to know the truth. And the scripture says, we're going to see in a minute, that we do not have to be ignorant of the devil's devices. But yet so many people still let him have access into their life. We don't have to be ignorant anymore. What is that word ignorant? We don't have to be uh, in, uh, in darkness anymore concerning a situation because the light has come on. The light of the knowledge of God. And how he thinks and how he processes and what he says we should be doing as a believer in response to everything in life. Everything. But when you have believers that still aren't committed to come to church, when you have believers that still aren't committed to tithe on a regular basis and get into his economic system, when you still have believers that still struggle with their flesh and their emotions and haven't matured, guess who has access in every one of those arenas? And we wonder why this is going on, that happened, whatever, when you don't love him with all your heart, but you love your manna more. And you wonder why you're not living the good life, the, good, the full life, the abundant life. Man, I just want people to love God. I want people to know the freedom, the love that they can have in every area of their life. Oh man, the poverty mentality that still happens in the church. So, um, what scripture do I want to go to? Here, 
he says this. Um, let me read that scripture where he talks about that we don't have to be ignorant. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. It's so, it says, So that no advantage would be taking, taken of us by Satan. Do you know Satan can still take advantage of you as a believer? As a believer, he can still take advantage of you. And guess who responsibility that is to not let him take advantage of you anymore. He ain't going to take not one step of advantage of me. I made, I mean, I drew a line in the sand a long time ago. He has no access, no access to my life because I choose every day to make him the center of my life, the Lord of my life, the truth of my life. In every conversation, in everything I do, I just want his truth. So he says here that we can still be taken advantage of, but we don't have to be. He says, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. His schemes, how he, his mode of operation, his, uh, you know, devices, one translation says. We don't have to be ignorant of his devices, his schemes, his mode of operation. If we are in the scripture and we're doing the scripture and living in the truth of God's word and what he's revealed to our hearts day by day, then we do not have to be ignorant of how he operates. And his schemes. And you can know, I know the devil's trying to use this against me. Oh yeah, there's been many times he's trying to get me, he's trying to get me to latch hold of this. Devil, you're a liar. I rebuke you out of my thought and I command the love of God to flow on me right now. I refuse to take that offense. I refuse to allow that to affect my life because I know it's a scheme of yours. It's a device of yours trying to get me off. What does he say? Actually, if you're reading in 2 Corinthians, I thought this was cool. This was just a little side nugget that he gave me when I was studying this in 2 Corinthians 11. And I was reading it in full context. The scripture before is actually about forgiving. And he's letting us know, if you will go ahead and forgive, then you... Won't, the devil won't be able to have an advantage of you. See, unforgiveness gives the devil access to your life so that he can get an advantage in you. That's what he was actually talking about in that, the verse before. So he's like, go ahead and know that unforgiveness and not forgiving that person is going to open the door, access for the enemy to come in and take advantage of you. But go ahead and know you don't have to be ignorant. Come on, that the word of God says you're commanded to love. You're commanded to forgive one another. Or, and if you don't, then guess what? So everybody that wants to cry and whine and complain about all the stuff going on in their life, why don't we go back to Scripture and ask ourselves, did we apply the truth of forgiveness in our lives so that I didn't open the door to the enemy? But everybody wants to blame everybody else, which is victim mentality. 
He did not want us to be a victim anymore of him, of anyone, of the devil, of anyone. He didn't want us to be a victim. He wanted us to be a victor in everything. Amen. So he's letting us know, listen, if you would just go ahead and forgive them, uh, you won't give an, an advantage for the devil to come in and, and take you out or cause more problems in your life. Now let's look here and then uh, we'll possibly close. First uh, John 4, 1 through 6. You know, I haven't preached in a long time, so we might be here all night. But you can go if you want. 1 John 4, 1 through 6 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets, prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come uh, in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of what? The Antichrist. Of which you have heard that is coming. We know that the Bible says even the elect, some of the elect are going to be deceived in the last days. Many are going to be deceived and actually fall away from the faith or the truth. And he lets us know that that is the spirit of the Antichrist at work in the earth. He is going to be able to come in because don't you know the devil is, have, is in a position of perpetuating so much lies. And what are lies? Manipulation to where you don't even, you have a hard time trying to figure out. But not as a believer, you won't have that. But you won't have it unless you stay in the vine and abide in the truth of God's word. You won't be able to discern what mode of operation uh, this, this spirit behind what's going on is going to be. But we have to, the Bible says, train our senses to be able to discern between good and evil. Well, why do we need to know that scripture about discerning between good and evil? Because the bottom line is, if there is something going on that's evil, who's the one perpetuating it? The evil one, the devil. So if there's evil happening... And we all just think, oh, it's the big bad devil that's so evil. No, there is evil and wickedness happening every day. And he is pushing that. He is the God of this world. So he's got to, before he returns, he's got to get this world in a position full of lies and manipulation through every type of sector of society that he can so that he can deceive whoever he can. Amen. Because he's preparing his world system for the Antichrist. 
that's going to be able to come in and manipulate. They're, everybody is going to think he's awesome. And that's what's going to want, they're going to want to follow him for. Well, but why? Because he's come as a angel of light. Full of manipulation, lies, lust, evil. And if we're not able to discern what's really going on, then we're falling. We're falling into the advantages of the evil one. So it's very important that we recognize that this is going to happen because the scripture says it. Many will fall away. Many will be deceived. And that word fall away means turn from the truth. Let me read that scripture and we'll close on that. And then we can pick up. Uh, let me find it. Here we go. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Are y'all okay? Because I really want to read another scripture. <laughs> Let me read 1 Peter 5. I already read you 10.10, John 10.10, where the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy your life. But 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be of sober what? Spirit. You're not going to be of sober spirit if you're not feeding on the word, on the truth of God's word in this hour that we're living. You're not going to be of sober spirit. You can be born again, but the devil's going to eat your lunch. It says, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion. What is he doing? He's seeking someone to devour. Actually, when you break that out in the Greek, good old Rick Renner, he's seeking someone to devour. He is seeking an advantage into someone's life. Somehow to get access into someone's life and an advantage to be able to get into someone's life. He's looking for it. It says what? But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies. Empty deception. Empty deception according to the traditions of men and according to elementary principles of this world rather than according to Christ. And then the next scripture will end with these. 2 Timothy 2, 14, 18, it says this, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words. Here he was speaking to Timothy, which we know was the pastor of the church there in Ephesians. This is Paul telling him as a young minister uh, some things that he needed to do, which backs up the church being the support and pillar of truth. He's letting him know, listen, don't wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to ruins of the hearers. So much of wrangling of the words with people today. And I'm like, some of these people just need to keep their mouth shut. They just need to quit talking. 
Just don't say anything. You know, there is scriptures that says, know when to speak, be slow to speak, right? Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't throw the pearls before the... But everybody's got to say something. But then he goes on to say, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter. Facebook, avoid empty and worldly chatter. Instagram, avoid empty and worldly chatter. Avoid it. Do not respond to the empty and worldly chatter. Why do you respond to it? It's empty and worldly chatter. And then he goes on to say, that leads to further ungodliness. I believe people in their righteous, self-righteous believers that want to respond to empty and worldly chatter has actually led people to more ungodliness. Then he goes on to say, and their talk will spread like gangrene. What does that do? Takes over and you have to what? Amputate it. Amputate it. It's going to spread like a disease that eventually is going to kill you. We know gangrene can actually what? If it's not cut off, it can kill you. How many people have done more damage by entertaining all this worldly philosophies and chatter, not understanding where the root and the motive of what is being perpetuated in the earth today get caught up in that garbage and then you are causing people to be worse off and not even want to have anything to do with God because you don't even have the wisdom to be able to speak the truth Accurately knowing that Facebook is not a platform for that. Or Instagram or Twit, Twitter, Twit, whatever. You know, what is it? Twitter. Or what's some others? Snapchat, TikTok, I don't know. Right? So we got to realize, man, this is not even... Why even, I mean, why even respond to this? You ought to know by now this is worldly chatter, garbage that you don't even need to entertain. You know, back in the day when, uh, you know, I started serving the Lord, there was relationships that the Holy Ghost told me that I needed to cut out of my life. 
people, you know, old friends that I hung out with and smoked pot with and drank with and ran with. And once I made a decision, I was going to draw a line in the sand. Uh, the Holy Ghost let me know, not a church. I wasn't even really going to church during that time. The Holy Ghost let me know you don't need to hang out with them anymore. Because they're, they're, you're not going to, you know, change. You don't need to listen to that stuff on the radio anymore. You remember the day? How many of y'all were believers back in the 90s when we used to burn our secular music? But do you know how many Christians uh, listen to that garbage still today? Have we forgotten what we used to teach? Garbage in is what? Garbage out. I mean, I have not heard this teaching in so long. The church is so illiterate. Even uh, word of faith churches that let all kinds of secular, you go and drive and listen to all this secular music and want to know why you're lusting after someone or having an affair with somebody in the church. You go and you watch all kinds of ungodly. I mean, we have not watched a rated R movie since the 90s. Because the Holy Ghost said, cut this stuff off. But how many believers today just act like it's just part of their everyday life? We have forgotten to separate ourselves from this world. And we entertain all this ungodly, worldly chatter. That's what it is today. How many believers are getting caught up into all the ungodly stuff that's scrolling through their phone at a touch Want to know why half of the Christians struggle with pornography today? Because they've not learned how to cut that stuff out of their life. Don't even entertain it. You want to be holy like he is holy? You better get holy. And quit wearing your holy jeans to replace true holiness. I mean, I got some holy jeans. But I'm just saying... We've replaced holy jeans and entertain all this other garbage every day of our life. And we wonder why the world and the church is in the mess it's in. Because we've not upheld truth. We've not been a support and a pillar of what God's word says that holiness is. Because we've accepted everything. Uh, I can tell you, 90% of churches in St. Augustine's, their pastor's staff, drink alcohol. I don't know about you, but in the 90s, uh, I was delivered from drinking alcohol. And if you're going to be a part of this staff, you better not even be a sipping. I mean, you know, why? Because we've just accepted it's the cool thing to do and the cool church to be, you know. Give me a break. That is not in Scripture. Not in Scripture. I am going to uphold the truth of God's Word. That He is a holy God. And there are things in our lives that we ought not to as believers being partakers of. We need to cut out all this garbage music. We need to cut out all these garbage movies. And we need to cut out Instagram and Facebook if it's getting a hold of you. 
And you can tell when people are living completely carnal by what comes out of their mouth and what's happening in their life. They're entertaining carnality instead of the holiness of God's word. When it's the very thing that's supposed to draw people, that they actually can see the glory of God on you because when you get in their presence, they are convicted. They're convicted and think, man, you, you know, what is it about you? You're so, I mean, I had, you know, this is not anything, but so many times I know I go places and people are like, you, has anybody told you just how beautiful you are? I mean, complete strangers in the middle of marshals and, and I don't think I'm beautiful. Right? I mean, time and time again. And you know what? I, and every time my husband says, see, I've been telling you for 30 years. <laughs> but I know what it is. It's the glory of God upon my life and holiness that they see. You know, there used to be a song, holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. We've forgotten about all that. And we look just like the world. Not we, you know. If it's we, we, it's we, we, but... We need to realize what's happening and quit getting caught up in this world because believers are being choked out. The scripture says they're being choked out because they're getting caught up in the things of this world and they aren't even being able to see clearly that this is a ploy of the enemy this is a distraction. This is uh, the lust of the flesh that's trying to gr draw you into a relationship that you shouldn't be in. Try to steal your virginity, whatever the case may be. Right? Trying to destroy your life and the purpose that he has in your life and the plans that he has for you and your children and your seed. He's trying to find an advantage and get in. And we give him full access when we don't cut things out of our lives and say, no, I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to live the word. I'm going to walk it. I'm going to talk it. I'm going to be it. Everything that he says I can have, I'm going to have. Right? That's the goal. Because he said, I am the way, my ways, my ways, I'm the way, right? And then he says, I'm the truth and I am the life. And he wants to give us an abundant life. But there's some things that we have to realize, come on up, Pastor Marcus, that we can't allow in our lives and realize that the enemy is out there perpetuating lies. How about not just in the world lies, but he's always trying to tell you you're unworthy. 
You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be able to do what God's called you to do. Your life is ruined because you messed up. Come on. But yet all through scripture, I see his redeeming love. All through scripture, I see how he used nobodies. All through scripture. Come on. But he'll lie, 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 trying to get you to grab hold of it so that you won't actually expel his glory to the fullness for people to see. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.